Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Dribble, rated five stars by Breaking Ankles ninety three, who commented, "Good stuff, fellas. Keep going. Love the banter starting to be shown." So, Love thanks that. for that, mate. Really appreciate that, and yeah, it's good stuff. Good nice stuff. to hear that. We love reviews. We do. So, yeah, guys, make sure to go do that. Rate and review the show. Five on stars iTunes. only. Um, I'm your host, Nick, joined as always by... Hey, guys, Lee here. Hey, guys, it's Ro here. Excellent. How are you doing, fellas? Not bad. Yeah, not too bad, Nick. Not too bad. Been a good week? Good week. Good week of basketball, uh, as always. A, has, every week's a good week of basketball. So we've, we've got a huge show, as always, lined up for you guys today, uh, which... As always, recap our notable results. We we'll each analyse a game that stood out to us. Uh, we'll go through a couple of quick other notable odds and ends type of things. Uh, we'll also have our, I guess, our feature segment of the episode. Uh, last week we had our most disappointing teams and players. Uh, this week we've got our, our most surprising teams and players. And we'll cap off the episode with our segment we had... Was it a fortnight ago? Moving yeah. on up. So just keeping on alternating. Yeah, alternating with them. So yeah, a lot to get through today. So excellent. Get into it. Let's yep. go. Let's go. Excellent. Let's do it. Actually, before we, I guess, kick off the episode, I'd uh, just like to give a huge thank you to Contavious Caldwell Pope from the from the Lakers. Yeah, one of our personal favourites here at the Daily Dribble. Yeah, of one course. of our personal favourites. You guys might have seen during the week on our social media channels. Go check them out if you haven't at Facebook, The Daily Dribble, and Instagram at The Daily Dribble 23. Um, you might have seen that he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a fan of the show and he gave us quite a, uh, I guess, a motivational shout out during the week that yeah. I don't think I've quite processed it yet. I didn't even, who could expect it? As a, as a Lakers fan, I know for me it was, um, yeah, I I still feel like a bit of a deer in a deer in headlights at the minute mm-hmm. because it was such a I guess a, a milestone to see that our podcast yeah. is taking off, people are noticing, and mm. yeah, things are progressing. Mm. How about we um, have a listen to it now? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, it's KCP here. I want to give a quick shout out to Nick, Rowe, and Liam uh, on their new Daily Dribble podcast. Uh, guys, I just want to tell you to keep going. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Never give up. Uh, you know, have fun with the podcast. You know, uh, just, I mean, continue to just be great. You know, uh, you know, life is short. You know, you want to continue to just be great. Uh, do what you can do. Control what you can control. And just uh, have fun. So, yeah, there you have it. That's pretty incredible stuff. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to the three of us. And, uh it certainly inspires us to push on with what we're doing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thanks, KCP. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll go with our notable results. And, yeah, I'll, I'll kick us off. You start us off, Nick. All righty. So, for this one, I had uh, the Nets-Cavs game the other day with the Nets 108 to the Cavs 106. It was an incredibly close game throughout. Uh, Colin Sexton down the stretch had, had the chance with two free throws to put the Cavs ahead. Ended up bottling one, so it wasn't to be. And then on the opposite end, Spencer Dimwitty hit the uh, fadeaway jumper with 1.8 seconds to go to clinch the uh, win for the for the Nets. Uh, yeah, Dimwitty, who I just mentioned, put up 23 points, the single rebound and nine assists. Kind of caps off his, 
I guess, pretty pretty incredible week, named the East Player of the Week. Mm. Which, yeah, for him, he's certainly stepped up in Kyrie Irving's absence. He's really, I guess, asserted himself as, I guess, the key playmaker of this team. And, yeah, their record without Irving has been far more impressive. They're starting to climb up the standings and have looked a much more formidable team without him. Um, for the Cavs, yeah, they've. I guess they haven't been as bad as their record probably suggests. I think they're quite exciting to watch. I like their dynamic backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland together. Um, their youth is probably, I guess, to a certain extent hurting them at the minute. But I think they are two players of the future. Uh, the only thing that I guess is a little concerning is the fact that, I guess, they're basing their team around these two young players and they are quite slim and small. Mm. Like, they can mm. get outbodied quite easily. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I, th- I think the Cavs have certainly been a more exciting watch than probably people predicted. Yeah, definitely. Um Another flaw I've noticed with him recently, especially with Colin Sexton, he's he's pretty much so far the, the primary driver, isn't he? Yeah. But I feel as if him and maybe some of the other players need to become more consistent with the shots they're getting at the rim. Yeah, I would agree with that. They've been pretty poor, really, haven't they? Pretty and poor. I think they've had quite a lot of close games, and I guess if this had gone in their favour more so, better, or putting more points in at the rim, their record would be. Mm. better than it is at the minute. Mm. What do we think about um, Jarrett Allen this year? I mean, he's another one you were mentioning before, Nick, yeah. about Spencer Dinwiddie stepping up in Kyrie's absence. Um, in this game, for example, I think you are mentioning he had 22 points and 21 rebounds. Um, nine offen- for a young guy, hey? Yeah, nine offensive rebounds. And um, that's huge, that- hey? Those second-chance opportunities are really what win you games. And can in be a the game difference. like this, a yep. two-point two game, it really probably, I guess, was the deciding factor. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Allen and uh, Dinwiddie, especially uh, Dinwiddie, I've noticed, they've definitely stepped up, like you said, in not only playmaking, but uh, the scoring aspect of the game without Kyrie. Do you mm. think this will continue once once Irving gets back? Do you think it'll, I guess, they'll come back to reality or he'll be uh, able to fit in more seamlessly and start to gel with this team a little more? Yeah, look, I think, once Kyrie comes back, it'll, it'll obviously have an effect um, on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen, both are role players for this team yeah. more than anything, and they'll probably continue to you know play that role going forward. Um, I, ho- I hope so, because mm. for, I don't know about you guys, but for me last year, the Nets were probably one of my more... I guess preferred teams to watch just on the fact that their their chemistry was so high. Mm. They had D'Angelo Russell, but there wasn't any real one standout player. They were mm. more cohesive as a team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess for me, I'm hoping once Irving gets back in after this little layoff, that that chemistry starts to build and yeah. they can continue on because I I do enjoy watching them. I think. They are quite an exciting team. Imagine this team when KD returns mm. as well. Oh, a scary oh, prospect. A scary <laughs> prospect. So, yeah, watch out League 2020. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's my game. We'll move on to your game there, Lee. 
Yep, so uh, on Thanksgiving, the Hawks travelled to uh, Milwaukee to face up against the Bucks. The Hawks went into this one uh, four wins, 14 losses, with the Bucks 15 wins, three losses. Um, and despite this, it was a pretty tight game, actually. The Hawks ended up taking the lead in the fourth quarter, but in the end, the Bucks, the Bucks run away with it. Uh, the end score was 102 to 111. Yeah, it was a pretty... It was a weird old game, wasn't it? Because the Bucks came out quite hot and yeah. built up quite a lead in the first quarter before uh, the Hawks pegged them back in the in the second. Yeah, and then yeah, for the third and fourth, it was a pretty even affair until Too late bad. in the fourth. And yeah, mid fourth. Yeah, two exciting teams to watch again. As mm. like the Cavs, I don't think the Hawks' record probably is indicative of how they've been playing. Mm. Um, I think they've. Had a pretty bad run with injuries with Herder out, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, John Collins on the still serving his suspension. It, it has hurt them. Mm. I guess for them, I guess the silver lining in the situation is that the bottom of the West is quite weak yeah. and that they're only still a couple of games outside the eighth seed. So, yeah, you, their season's certainly not over. You need to you need to think about what it says for the, for the Bucks. So was this just a dull game or... Like, they lost by nine points. They're the second in the league, while the Hawks are the 28th. And I don't know if they would have got on top without uh, Chris Middleton's uh, productive performance. He ended up dropping 16. Yeah, good good point. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. I think teams, you know, anyone can beat anyone on a, any given day in yeah. the league, I think, mm. which is exciting. Uh, for the Bucks. you know, I guess they probably coasted in a little bit more, mm. anticipating a probably easier result. Mm. Um, but I guess that class shone through in the end. Mm. Yeah. What, what what do we all make of Atlanta's season this year? So at the moment they're sitting second to last in yeah. the East, I believe. Um, you know, did we think that they would, with uh, Trey Young's second year and mm. Jabari Parker potentially, you know, picking up some form, which he has, d- did we think they'd be you know, in a better position than they are at the moment. Look, uh, oh, you go, Nick. No, sorry. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, I know in my predictions I did, I think, on our second episode. Um, again, you can check out any of our previous episodes on any of your relevant yeah. podcast platforms, so do so. Pick uh, your pot. <laughs> yeah, pick your pot. But absolutely. So I think I had them, I think I had them ninth, yeah. I think it might have been, um, in and around the playoff picture. As I said, they're only a couple of games outside of this, so I don't think... I, th- I think that their run of injuries has certainly hurt them. Yeah. Um, I think without Trey Young, they would be in quite a bit of strife. They'd be in a world of trouble without that it's, guy. Yeah. It, it's a tough gig for the Hawks because if you look at uh, most of their recent games, they're not losing by heaps. It's not a blowout game. And um, especially in this recent game... Um, Jabari Parker and uh, Trey Young, they, they scored 60-plus 60, 60 points combined. Um, and my, my question to that is, if they if they are performing this well, only losing by nine points to Milwaukee, um, what will they be like when uh, John Collins comes back? Will, will that benefit them or will it stuff up their gig a bit? No, I, I absolutely think it'll benefit them. Yeah. Their, their team... Like, if you have a look at their scores, they've been putting up mass number of points, and I think the reference I used earlier on was their games 
probably like the Wizards at this stage, they're going to be a lot of track mates. Yeah. Mm. Uh, not a lot of defense, but quite often putting up 100, 120, 130 points. Um, and I think Collins will probably alleviate a bit of the pressure that's put on Trey Young. Yeah. At the minute, it's Trey or, or nothing. Mm, yeah. And for a guy in his second year, he's doing a phenomenal job, but there's only so much pressure and expectations that can be put on your shoulders, I guess. Mm, mm. Um, so, yeah, I think having Collins as that second option will certainly certainly help him. Geez, the Hawks will be dangerous down the track, though. Like, if Trey Young can keep it up, which I think everyone agrees he will, and Jabari Parker, he's, he's a bit inconsistent at the moment, but he showed glimpses of being, you know... Phenomenal yeah. player. Potential. Speaking yeah. of Jabari Parker, do you think that inconsistency comes down? I don't know if you probably you probably have heard, but he's he's made it obvious that he could go back to the Bucks, or he's definitely thought about it. He even said a quote: "It's just so sad to say how it ended, but I but I wish I just could have stayed." Do you think this is affecting him in the Hawks and his performance, maybe making him not try his hardest? So, mm, I I yeah. It's a good question. I'm not too it, sure. I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. I think, you know, regardless of how something ends, mm. these players like this is their job. Mm. Um, they get paid based on how well they play. So and look, I personally think he's a better fit at the Hawks anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. Greg Freight, he's the he's the main man. Um, and at the, the supporting Bucks. cast there is so strong anyway. It like is. Parker wasn't a huge player mm. there, mm. whereas in. I yeah. guess Atlanta, he's got a bigger role, more responsibility. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, I, I do think he is a is a bit out of that good mentality, though. I think if he can just lock into, okay, this is my team, this is where I need to perform, I reckon he'll be a bit more consistent. And I guess going from a championship contending team to yeah. the Hawks, I guess once the wins start to build up a little more so and mm. he can see... I guess the blueprint for this team is they're, they're a team for the future. Yeah. Um, and if he can, I guess, buy into that, I keep using that term, but buy into their setup, their system, and what they're trying to achieve, then, yeah, I think he's got real potential to be a key, key player in Atlanta. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that one. Very good. Good, good pick there, Lee. We'll, Thank you. We'll move on to your game, Ro. Yeah, rightio. So I looked at the uh, Milwaukee Bucks against the Utah Jazz. And I think we can probably all agree that at the start of this one, we we sort of knew that it was going to be a good game, or at least we expected it to be a good game. You yeah. know, you've got Milwaukee who are leading the East at the moment, and yeah. Utah who who are actually having a pretty good season in in the West, and um, you know there's, there's, they've sort of been a bit of a sleeper so far to an extent. Um, so yeah, we it was sort of primed to be a good matchup. Um, Bucks had won seven games in a row, so that was sort of full of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting game. Um, the Jazz, Jazz probably had control in the in the first half. Um, they they just do the basics really well. Mm. I think the Jazz. Yeah. They play really good team basketball. Nothing too fancy. There's never you know too many too many you know highlight reels or anything like that. But they they sort of just do the basics really well. Um, which probably leads to their to their you know record that they've got at the moment, which is fairly decent. Um, so yeah, they were they were sort of looking good in the first half, but um, I think it was the third quarter which which made all the difference. It was um, Giannis, who I'll touch on a bit in a minute, mm. um, and Wes Matthews, who who sort of got the Bucks 
right back into it. Good um, sign him from Dallas, actually. He's done oh, okay. He's slotted him pretty seamlessly yeah. so far. He's a sniper from the, from yeah. the three-point arc, isn't he? Um, but yeah, those two blokes brought them brought them right back, and they sort of gained gained the ascendancy in the in the third quarter. Um, the last quarter was a bit of an arm wrestle. Um, the Jazz sort of got back on even terms by doing what they did to begin with, which was the basics. But in the end, it was it was the Greg Freak. Mm. He's he's unstoppable. It's too I good. Um, the Bucks ended up taking that one out. 122 to 118. Yeah. Um, Giannis had 50 points. 50 <laughs> you just points. you just exhale through your nose when you hear about that. Yeah. Just you do it. But it's it's kind of it's a little bit weird the fact that this bloke's putting up 50 points. He's certainly elevated his performances compared to last season where he was MVP. Mm-hmm. And yet, I guess for all of the MVP talk early on. He's kind of cast to the side a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, Harden, uh, Luca, LeBron, they've probably got slightly better stories mm-hmm. than what Giannis does, yeah, but yeah. his numbers have they've gone under the radar, mm. but they've been nothing short of incredible so far, Yeah, highlighted gonna, by this game. I was going to touch on, so take the stories out of it and the narrative for the NBA. When you're looking at... His season alone is he leading the MVP at the moment, or or is it one of the other you know few blokes that oh. you mentioned? It's very I very. I honestly close. don't know how you'd pick it. This yeah. is at that this moment. At this moment, okay. yeah, yeah. What like last year? It was pretty much the whole way. Harden and Giannis, Paul George was a third up until his yeah. injury, mm-hmm. but it was those two leading the pack. This year, it's it's multiple people. Yeah, it's there's a lot of. I, don't, I honestly don't know how you mm. could pick it. I certainly don't envy um, the position that the voters are in, but I guess yeah. it's still a lot of time people might drop off or mm. other players might assert their dominance. Mm. But at the minute, I really don't know how you'd pick it. For me um, personally, when I was watching this game, Jonas was showing signs of Shaq in his prime, like particularly in the paint. Yeah, he's he's so strong and he's so long. And for any opposition player that has to try and defend him, good bloody luck because you're (laughs) you're not like more often than not, you just got to let him have the basket. Every time, like every time I watch a Bucks game, you see him, you see him drive to the rim, his lanky hand goes up. You're like, how do you stop that? (laughs) How do you? Well, here's a question, I guess. Would I guess would you rather shut down all the other like all the other Milwaukee players and mm-hmm. let Giannis just do what he can. Mm-hmm. Put up fifty points, that's okay, he can have it yeah. as long as you're you know, you're shutting down everyone else, yeah. so the onus is all on him. No, no. no. Sorry, no. I reckon you just cut you he's the he's the man. He is the man. But he, he's he's gonna get his anyway, isn't he? Like so He's gonna get his anyway, but geez, the majority of times that he fires and he, I think we've seen so far this season even when he fires and the rest of the team doesn't they still win yeah so he's, he's just got to be he's got to be the guy who you shut down regardless and you know at the moment I don't think there's to be honest I don't think there's any shutting shutting him down completely it's just got a good bench cast as well doesn't yeah. he I think that goes mm. unnoticed like mm. Ilyasova yeah. Robin Lopez Divincenzo. Um, there is. What What do you think happens to the Bucks if 
in this game, Giannis and Wes Matthews played well. But what do you happen? What do you think happens if he gets injured? Oh, Are they down the? Is it like a Warriors with Curry and Clay out? Or uh, they're in a world of trouble. That's for sure. Um, that that's a good question. It'd be mm. interesting to see how they go. Whether someone else, whether it's a Middleton or yeah, a, a Bledsoe, kind of asserts himself mm. as the primary scorer. Yeah. or if it's more consistent, everyone's putting up ten, fifteen points or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think. Yeah, they'd be in a world of trouble. Mm. I don't think they would. Hopefully, have... it doesn't happen. No, but it's like a it's a matter of what if. And I guess going back to the the narrative that we spoke on. So we've got Luca, Dallas, yeah. LeBron, Lakers, mm. James Harden, Houston. They're yeah. all pretty decent sized market teams. Whereas Milwaukee are a small mm. small market team. Yeah. Do you think because of this? Yeah, I guess he he doesn't get quite the the exposure that these other players do. Mm. Uh, look, I think at this point, he's he's got everyone's attention regardless of who he plays for. He plays for, as you were mentioning, Nick, and you're right, he plays for the Bucks, who are by no means a big market team like the Lakers and even like the um, yeah the Dallas Mavericks, as you were, yeah. as you were saying before. But he, he's got to this point now where you simply can't ignore him. Yeah. He puts up... <laughs> and like near on, near on 30 and 10 every night which is just unbelievable but um, yeah regardless of the team he plays for it's it, people he's going to do his thing he's going to do his thing regardless saw an interesting note actually the other day that the Miami Heat are looking to um, just maintain their their free cap space in order mm. to potentially sign him mm. imagine that Giannis down in Miami Shirts off, hanging out on, <laughs> hanging out on, on yeah, the beach. Yeah. Him and Jimmy Butler just doing their oh, thing. Yeah, well, yeah. What you, mind it. I think what you, every yeah. team like there's a lot of talk about him coming up as a free agent. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think pretty much every every other like the 29 other teams have all at some point or another, you know, spoken of their interest to yeah. acquire him. He's yeah. that well, much of a talent. What do you think about him at Miami? Because Miami are very team oriented. 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 We'll help one. you out there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. He's a very team oriented. Um, and then on the other hand, he's pretty much, or at least at the Bucks, a focal a focal point. So he is a focal point. But I also like the fact that Giannis, like he's a, he he gets his assists. He does mm-hmm. incorporate. Yeah. His other team members. Mm. Um, Do you I, think know, I don't know how Jimmy. I think the big thing with the Heat, like it's still early, early rumors. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how Jimmy Butler would feel about yeah. that. Like he, he loves being the man. Mm-hmm. He's yep. the man. He and wants I love to be... him being as a man, honestly. Well, mm. yeah, but he, he's getting older now. And how old is he? Is he 31? 31. 30? 31. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. No, like he's getting. He, he's getting, getting older, so. But he, like in his head, he still thinks he's the man. But if like a player, an MVP player like Giannis came along, not quite sure. Even as he gets older, if he would be able to accept the fact that thirty, thirty years 30. old he is. Yeah, thanks for checking that power. Um, <laughs> What's up with this button power business? Button power, mate. Don't like this, close. honestly. We're all just friends here, <laughs> friends. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how he would feel. About that, so yeah. I don't know if you guys would agree. Also, but 
Do we all? <laughs> oh, sorry, Lee. That's that's good from you. Yeah. What? Do we? No, sorry. What do I, I was about to say? Do we all feel that, like, Jana's playing for a small market team? I would say that it's a really good thing for the NBA. Like, yeah. As, in in general, to keep these small teams who no one would relevant. pay attention to otherwise. Yeah, relevant. Yeah. Um, imagine if Milwaukee didn't have the Greg Free, mm. and it was. <sighs> It was the current roster, simply excluding him. Still a pretty talented team, but I just don't near. think they. Yeah, he's the, he's the marquee player. He's yeah. the household name. So, um, I'd I think I'd prefer him to stay, even yeah. yep. even if with all these other teams sort of sniffing around. And um, yeah, I'm, time I, will tell, won't it? Whether he stays yeah, or not. I guess it but nevertheless, a, a good pick from you, Rowan. Quite a yeah, I like that. Uh, it's quite a game. Uh, anyway, we'll move on. We'll have a quick look at our odds and ends. Yeah. Yeah, so we've only got a couple of quick ones for today's show. Um, I, for me, something that stood out during the week was the the funny the funny moment between Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside, um, a bloke I, I guess I probably berated a fair bit last week. Um, Berated's underrated. Yeah, that's quite good from you. Thanks, Doctor Seuss. Underrated, underrated. Well done. That was good. Um, but <laughs> no, this... I get it, Doctor Seuss, because he rhymes. <laughs> yes, he does rhyme. Good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> during this game, uh, Carmelo was positioned to grab a rebound, and he's like, yeah, "Get out of here! Get out of here, Hassan!" Mm. Hassan Whiteside's just flown over and plucked the rebound right out from his hands, and. Yeah, it was later on in the game. There's a free throw attempt. I think it was Gilgis Alexander missed it. Mm. Anthony's under the basket, and he said, "Son, get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it was a funny good. moment. It was a funny moment, and it's good to see Carmelo's, I guess, slotted in, starting to assert his dominance on this team to a certain extent. And yeah, yeah he seems to have fit in seamlessly. His yeah, his first game probably wasn't indicative. Of the caliber of player he is, but uh, yeah, he's started the last couple of games. He's he's looked a lot better. He's, I guess, yeah, showing showing the potential, well, not the potential, yeah. showing the the qualities that made him such a great player to begin with. Look, it was a funny moment, and this this purely comes down to how much you despise Whiteside, doesn't it? I feel uh, it, it does a little bit. Like I think for me. Whiteside is someone I don't want to go into it too much because I did last week. I think I gave him enough flack, but if he can just increase his effort <laughs> and start to show, <laughs> yeah, well he yeah. does, doesn't he? He's, yeah. He was lazy. He's, he has been lazy as I think. If he can just start to show a little more effort on both ends, you might want to chuck pathetic in there once more. Pathetic, yeah. I think I used that like half a dozen <laughs> times last week. Like with him. Anthony Lillard and McCollum. It's, it's a, it is a formidable team, and they're not that far outside the eight. That, yeah. Like if they can, you know, show a bit of chemistry and everyone can play their role, they do have that potential to get into the eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that so that was my moment. Something that I found quite amusing. Yeah. Uh, what did you have there? A moment. Mate? A moment that stood out to me was. Um, unfortunately, uh, Kemba Walker got carried off in the Denver game. He got carried off on a stretcher. It was a pretty big deal, um, as I'm sure most of you have seen. He missed the game against the Kings, but he came back against uh, 
Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn on a I can't actually remember what day it was, but he he That's dropped right. he dropped thirty nine points, six rebounds, and four assists after being carried off on the game on a stretcher. Like, what do you guys think of that? You hate to see it happen to anyone, don't you? But especially when it's someone as good of a bloke and good of a teammate yeah. as as Kemba Walker, um, you sort of your heart stops when you see those kind of things because you never really know what what it actually was that happened yeah. to, to Kemba, so... And you don't... You rarely see people being carried off by a stretcher, so you so you, you get worried for him, of course, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, if... Like, it, it's it's mm. good that the Celtics didn't lose him for an amount of time because yeah. he is such a pivotal part. I think we mentioned last week that yeah. he's not so much of a superstar now, but more of, like, a crucial role player. Yeah, and definitely. You, you don't want to lose someone who, who's that valuable to your team. I was watching the... Uh, the Brooklyn uh, press conference, the Brooklyn Celtics game press conference. He said he could have played the Kings game, but um, I don't know who. It's, it's such a long season. You don't want to risk. You got exactly. to be concerned, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And he's come out in this game dropping thirty nine points, so Huge. it's probably Huge. better that he didn't play it. But he could have. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Good decision. Yeah. All right, Ro. We'll, uh... Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your your point there? Yeah. So last, but. By no means least. Um, we've seen records broken left, right and centre this season, it seems. But once again, King James, what's he done this time? It, every time a notification pops up on Instagram about LeBron breaking a record, you honestly have no clue what it could be. Because... But it's not really a surprise. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, going to say. Because now. It, it is pretty much every mm. game. He's passing someone on mm. some list or, yeah, it's every game. So Yeah, so... What was it this time? So this time... Uh, he's notched up thirty three thousand points, which is he's the only he's the fourth player in the history of the yeah. NBA to do so, which is just an incredible achievement. So he joins Kareem Abdul Jabbar, um, Karl Malone, and and Kobe. Um, so pretty impressive list there. Yeah, it's, a, it's nice a nice couple of names to be mentioned upon. It is. How it far is. behind is he from Kobe? Oh, he's only about six hundred odd points behind Kobe, which he'll notch up. Yeah, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Pretty yeah, quickly at the rate he's going. So yeah, what an incredible player. We're we're so lucky to to be in the bloody era that he's playing yeah. in. Like and, that was Jordan, and now we've got LeBron. But here's the thing, I guess. Like we we'll, we'll use this in one of our future episodes, the debate between yeah. MJ and LeBron. It's kind of, I guess, ridiculous to think. You know, the amount of records he's broken, the stats he's putting up. He's 34 years old. Mm. And he's he's leading the league in assists, putting up I don't have the note on me, but twenty odd points a game, mm-hmm. doing ridiculous things, top of the top of the whole NBA for yeah. in standings. He's leading this team. Are we I guess underestimating what he's doing at this age and the fact that you know, in the debate I guess a lot of people still have MJ ahead. Um but LeBron's not done. He's by no means done. So, the rate he's going, there's still plenty of time to go. So you're asking for underestimating him, what he's doing at this age? Well, yeah. Well, you look at the people, the other people that are 34 years old. We've got Chris Paul, who I touched on last week, who hasn't been having the greatest season compared to what he's been. Um, but then you look at LeBron. I think on, I think we are underestimating him. Yeah, we're, like everyone knows that LeBron's a freak of nature. It's just it just goes without saying. But you, 
you look at his stats and he's averaging, yeah, as you were saying, Nick, he's averaging about 25 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. What 34-year-old who's been playing in the NBA for a good, I'd say, what? How long's it been? Oh, it's, we, it's, we've it's, lost count, is it? Fifth, yeah, 15? It'd, it'd have to be 16 around years. 16 years? Regardless. Yeah, six, no, it was yeah. 16. Regar- yeah, regardless. Regardless, that's unbelievable. And I don't think we give... Actually, I was about to say we, I don't think we give LeBron enough credit, but we do. But I suppose when it comes to him being a 34-year-old um, athlete. You know, athlete who's been through the rigors of the NBA, 82 game seasons every year, and he's still putting up these numbers, that's that's unbelievable. And as a Lakers fan, it's pretty exciting. I'm given, sure it is. Given how he's playing and hopefully what's to come in the back end of the season and hopefully the playoffs. Hopefully mm. a, another title push for him. Mm, very yeah. possible. Yeah, nevertheless, a, a very impressive milestone and yeah, we look forward to him passing a couple more in the not-so-near-distant future. Yeah, hopefully see him playing with Bronny soon. Absolutely. No, well, we hope not because that'll... No, that's his end goal, isn't it, hey? Like, I don't mm. want to see him end any time soon. Play till 40, man. Mm. Wait, wait, why? Like that's that's his goal. Like yeah. I think that's when he's happy to retire. Yeah. Once he plays with Bronny, I guess yeah. for him it's you know he can shut the close the book whenever. But mm. yeah, I want to see Bronny have a horrible season, not play till <laughs> not make the grade. Oh yeah, definitely. Long actually. in the future, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let LeBron keep doing his thing. Yeah, mm. definitely. Awesome, good stuff, fellas. We'll uh, we'll move on to our feature segment for the episode. Our I guess our impressive teams and players. So, yeah, as I touched on for this segment, I guess it's a bit of a counter to what we did last week, whereas last week we had our, I guess, our most disappointing players and teams. Uh, This week we're going on the opposite end and we're going our most impressive. So, yeah, I'll I'll kick us off and I'll go with our most impressive teams first. Just for, like, impressed and surprised. Yeah. They're, like, synonyms, sort of, but, like... We'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. Alrighty, so for my team, I've gone Miami. Um, it's a team I've touched on, I guess, quite heavily through the, I guess, the early stages of this podcast. I guess I dedicated an episode to them, and their performance has continued. At the minute, they're fourth in the East and sitting at 12-5. and five. And I guess it comes back to what I said, again, in our previous episodes. The thing that stood out is... Their consistency as a team. Yeah. Um, they're getting a lot of valuable contributions from a lot of players. I've, I've noted down here something that stood out was seven players in their rotations are averaging more than 10 points, mm. which, which is pretty huge. Not very often do you see that kind of contributions that deep. Mm. Um, and they, they are exciting to watch. They've not only got established stars like Jimmy Butler... And players like that, but they've also got these up-and-coming newcomers. Mm, mm. Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Harrow, yeah. Bam Adebayo starting to assert himself. They're all yeah, really exciting players. And mm. I guess, as I touched on, the thing that's standing out, like, and, and it's carried on, is their cohesiveness as a team. Yeah, um, I think for me, Eric Spolstra has done a pretty incredible job of incorporating these newcomers as well as such a big dog in Jimmy Butler. Hmm. And 
I guess on Jimmy Butler, I'll carry on with him. The thing that stood out is not only is he... He's putting up his own numbers, doing his own thing, which is good, doing Jimmy Butler things. But he's also realised that he needs to incorporate these new, newer up-and-coming players and, yeah, the players around him, which I think will serve serve them better in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, as opposed to being a one-man show, they will be a better, well-rounded team. Yeah, um, like you said, what what are they? How many people scoring? Was it ten plus points? It was seven, seven, seven people. And I think Eric Eric Spolter has done a great job in in that aspect. And also in turn with that comes the assists. Four players are averaging four or more assists, with nine averaging one or more. This obviously leads to more shot shot opportunities, and uh, instead of instead of rushing their possession. They've been slowing it down. I, I think this been is... more methodical yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they are a contender in the East, or do you think... Oh, definitely. This start, I think... Do, do you think it's just, a, I guess, a purple patch that will eventually fade out? No, I think I think they're, they're here to stay in the East, at least this season. The the way they've been playing, what are they? They're fourth? Or yeah, fourth, fourth at 12 and 5. I think they're here to stay, honestly. What do you think, Ray? Yeah, I probably agree um, that they'll be contending. Uh, come the pointy, net, pointy end of the season, though, there's a lot of other quality teams um, yeah. Yeah. who I think... Just In a playoff this... seven-game situation, I think a lot of... Te- well, there's probably four or five teams that mm. are probably better off. Mm. You've got Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, probably, I guess you'd put Indiana, potentially Brooklyn, Boston. Um, they're all teams that could... Possibly, possibly beat this this Miami team, but mm. yeah, it's, it's for me. It's certainly exciting and interesting to see how they how they go. I've got one for you, Nick, in particular. Yeah, um, so the Heat are having a good season so far. Um, they've lost to some white side over the <laughs> last season. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, what what do you make of that? Mate, um, look at their record. <laughs> they are killing it without him. He's garbage. <laughs> Bam Adebayo is on fire. I'm not yeah. sure. Hassan Whiteside, I'm, as I said before, we touched on him earlier in the episode. I'm not going to go into it, but he's a monkey. <laughs> I put my nan out there and he would do better. So, yeah, I, I, in terms of effort, that is. Um, not in height. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I certainly think they're a much better team. They're, like mm. Their effort and their... Tenacity is certainly a lot better without him. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited to what, see how far they go. One of their flaws is their turnovers, though. They they are leading the league in turnovers per game. And, of course, more turnovers means less possession. And I think we all know, especially this year, their defense has been pretty elite. Yeah. But I think if it wasn't, they'd have a hard time in cleaning up their mistakes and turnovers. I guess it's... To be expected, we touched on that they've got quite a few young players. Yeah. You know, the Adebayos, Nuns, Heroes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. It's I'm, I think this will start to decrease the number mm-hmm. of turnovers mm-hmm. as their exposure in the league continues. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think their development will, will yeah. change that at the minute. Yeah, I'm not surprised, but I think it's quite a good sign that even though they are at such a high number of turnovers, they're still able to grind out these wins. Yeah. Just just quickly before we move on to the next one, 
Do we think that the brain propelled by, um, I suppose it comes down to two things. Do we think they've been propelled by the addition of Jimmy Butler, who's a star in his own right, or do we think it comes down to the young players who have who have gained over the off season um, through means of the draft? So the the Tyler Heroes, <coughs> the Kendrick Nuns. What what do you think has the biggest impact in how the season's gone so far? I biggest I'd impact. Probably... I'd probably say these these rookies, mm-hmm. um, like Kendrick Nunn, slotted straight into a starting five position and has been delivering. Like I think probably outside Ja Morant is probably mm. up there in rookie there, of the yeah. year contention. Mm. Um, Definitely top five in points at the moment, I believe. Yeah, mm. I think he's second, or yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'd have to check that, but he's certainly up there. And as for Tyler Harrow. Um, he's cooled down a little bit in the last couple of games, but he's certainly still like a player to watch out for, and yeah. he's showed a lot of potential. So yeah. you're saying who's had the biggest impact, either the rookies or... Well, do we think that it's come down to more more the addition of Jimmy Butler, or do we think it's more come down to the addition of their young players and the development of their young players, I guess, is my question. I'd say the young players, mm-hmm. because they were performing... They started the season well, even without Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. um, and I think his addition has only has only like enhanced their performance. And I guess he adds that like extra bit of leadership. So I know it's cliche to say, and I definitely agree with you, Nick. But they kind of just fit in like two peas in a pod, don't they? Yeah. Jim, Jimmy Butler on one hand, and the rookies. Like I don't know if you could have one without the other, especially at this point in the season. But, Certainly. Yeah. But yeah, so there's there's my team, Miami. Alrighty, good stuff. We'll have uh, Lee. Who did you have for your team? Yeah. So for this segment, I've picked uh, the Boston Celtics. Um, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fair to say, and I'm sure you can agree that last year they were shaping up to be a pretty suitable finals team, finals contender at least. Yeah. They ended up finishing fourth in the East, which is still a good run. But then came trade season. Um, they lost Kyrie and Al Horford. Um, and also, to add on to that, uh, after long rumours and speculations, the trade target of Anthony Davis ended up following through and he ended up going to the Lakers. Um, despite of this, they ended up pulling uh, all-star point guard Kemba Walker as well as uh, Eanes Cantor. Ennis Cantor? Ennis? Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor. Which was in replace for Kyrie and uh, Al Horford, but I'm sure they've, they've clearly down, downgraded in both positions. Um, yet the way they've been playing and their record probably wouldn't suggest this, would it? Exactly. Like they were top of the East for quite a while there to begin the season and only recently have the Bucks overtaken them, but... Yeah, they they started the season really well. Yeah, yeah, but if we rewind to the start of the season, the Celtics fans had a bit to worry at, worry about. I feel they've lost two of their star players in Al Horford and Kyrie, but so far I'm sure they've been pleasantly surprised as a Celtics fan of the Euro. Not pleasantly surprised. This is one of those ones where I'm not disagreeing, but I'm also from a Celtics perspective, sort of having my say on it. Yeah. So, over the off-season, as you were saying, we lost Kyrie Irving and Al Horford. Uh, in return, we sort of, we picked up, obviously, Kemba Walker, but then you got to also remember that Ga- Gordon Haywood was 
out for the majority of last season. So he's come back in this season. Another star player to mm. to sort of, you know... He looked good, didn't he, before he went down? He did. And, and it's he, quite yeah. a blow. Like, I want to I wanna keep going. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I'm a bit spectacle. I... Sceptical? <laughs> I just... I think from my perspective, and I don't know if it's biased or not, but mm. I wasn't necessarily surprised that the Celtics have had a good start to the season. Mm. Losing Kyrie Irving, obviously, as an NBA fan, you know that's going going to hurt. But then you think, is he was he necessarily the best fit for the Boston Celtics? I don't I know don't if he so. was. Then you put yeah. in his place... Kemba Walker, who's a very team-orientated yeah. player. And D- everything I've heard, like, not only does his team love him, but I heard a a story the other day, I can't remember which game it was, but I think there was a crewman um, walking through the hallway mm. and yeah. Kemba's suitcase was in the way and just instinctively, like, he moved it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's something you just do as a regular human being, being a decent yeah. human. But I guess when you're being paid that much money, mm. sometimes ego sets in yep. and you don't think you have to do little things like that. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. But that just, I guess, illustrates like the kind of guy he is and it, it, I yeah. guess it carries on to how he's fitting in with this team like it, seamlessly. It definitely has an advantage. its advantages. I feel like um, he... Kyrie, he was the main scoring point of the team, wasn't he? But I feel like Kemba's coming into the league with a much more selfless manner. And we said that the other mm-hmm. week, didn't he? He's more of a, a key role player as opposed to a, a superstar, mm. which which is probably good because in Charlotte there were l- very limited options. And yeah. like he was the team. He's, mm. like, I guess, leading points, steals, assists, everything like that yeah. for the Hornets. But... Now he's in a role where it takes a little bit of the pressure off him. And as we saw the other day as in your mm. in the odds and ends section, as you mentioned, Lee, putting up 39 points, he yeah. still has that potential to mm. go off when yeah. needed. Mm. I guess from a Celtics perspective, you've replaced Kyrie Irving and Al Horford with Kemba and Gordon Haywood. You've got Kyrie, as I was mentioning before, who... I don't know if he ever necessarily fit in with that Celtic squad. I don't think so. And then you've got Al Horford, who was getting on in years. He was sort of a veteran. Replaced with Gordon Haywood, who, you know, is he he in his prime now? Like, I know he's he's quite injury prone Mm. at the moment, but he's probably getting into that stage where his best statistical numbers will, will come over the next probably year or two. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't know. Everyone's got a different opinion, I guess. But from my perspective, I think the Celtics are where I personally expected them to be. But maybe someone from an outsider's perspective, you know, had a different point of view. I don't know. Yeah, as you said, I guess because you've got that more biased opinion, Mm -hmm. and I guess you see things a little bit differently. But for me... Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good pick from you, Lee, because I guess incorporating these new players like Cantor yeah. um, and Walker especially, yeah. like we weren't quite sure how it was going to fit or Tatum, who didn't have, I guess, the best year last year, he's starting to es- establish yeah. himself again. Mm. 
I think I think there are really promising signs for this Celtics team, and yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I think they are to be they reckoned with in the finals, that, like in a seven yeah. game series. Like if Hayward comes back and performs the way he did before mm. his injury, there is a lot to be to be hopeful for. They've, they've uh, especially uh, Kemba Walker. He's he's definitely brought out the best in Brown, Tatum, Smart, and Hayward. I was, Certainly, I was actually doing some research. I've noticed that uh, each of these players have uh, increased their points by at least five to eight That's huge. points That's per, a good per up, average. Actually. That's yeah. huge. So you need to yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah, definitely, and I think... And, it's it's and, evident, and, isn't it? It is evident, and I think it is a good pick from you because, like, I, I went with Miami, but Boston were another team yeah. I looked at just mm. based on mm. how they've started, and, and I think what really helped this team was, like I, I said in our... in my mm. um, predictions episode, like, I think they might tail off a little bit in the back end of the season... But for now, the way their chemistry is built through the World Cup, yeah. for this US team like Walker, Brown, Tatum, like those players have all played together in that environment, and it kind of got them a bit of a jump start, yeah. which certainly helps. You love, I guess it's translated onto this I guess, part of the season. I guess with uh, teams like uh, Celtics, uh, Miami, and even the Bulls, you love seeing a bit of bowl share, don't you? Whether it be in assist, will assist in points. At least I love seeing it, just like no, not one focal point. And I sound like a bit of a broken record because <laughs> no, like for right. everyone who's tuned into our previous episodes, like I, I do repeat myself a lot, but <laughs> oh, that was well said. <laughs> I do repeat myself a lot, but like I guess just reiterating points that like I come back to Brooklyn and Miami, yeah. like two contrasting, like Brooklyn not so much and Miami more so. Yeah. These team-based offences where people are sharing around the ball, whereas Brooklyn aren't and Miami am. <laughs> Whoa! What? Look, look. Whereas Miami who are. Look, I think I think what you said was right. It just sounded weird for some reason. Right, <laughs> Shout out to Fat Lamb. Shout out to Fat Lamb. Sponsor. sponsor. Of the Daily Dribble. But, yeah, whereas... Miami, who are yeah. um, these team-orientated offenses, seem to be delivering more so, especially in this in this uh, era of the league. Yeah, and Boston seem to be doing that. Like, whereas signing Walker, who was, I guess, a marquee player, yeah, he's more or less slipped down the ladder a little bit into that key role player. Mm. Um, and they are they're getting valuable contributions from a lot of players, and I guess. Yeah, their record highlights this. So, yeah, good mm-hmm. pick from you, Lee. Thank you, thank you. Yep. We'll move on to Ro. Who have you got, Ro? Yeah, so I've got um, Indiana Pacers. Mm. Yeah, it's an, quite an interesting, <laughs> quite an interesting um, t- team to look at. Um, I guess from last year, they lost um, Victor Oladipo, who I think we all will agree was their star, star player, consistent Certainly. performer. And I guess coming into this year, we didn't really know what to expect to an extent. We know they had some sort of like young up-and-coming players such as Victor Oladipo and even Sabonis, who I might mention a bit later on in the podcast. Yeah. But we didn't really know what to expect of them. I don't know if you guys would agree to an extent, 
that there was a bit of unpredictability about the paces this year. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And I, I think for me, the big question was like they they have continued to do so. They going into the season weren't sure whether to start Sabonis or Turner. Yeah. Or both. Mm. And they ended up going with both. And I think, yeah, the uncertainty like whether to what to do with that big situation and I think for them going with both Sabonis and Turner has worked quite well. Mm. Um, it's good that like Turner can more sit under the bucket and in yeah. the paint and be that target man, whereas Sabonis, as big as he is, he does have a pretty well-developed three-point shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess for me that was the big question. And I think like they have been performing incredibly well mm. and... Given they've got some key personnel out, like at twelve yeah. and six at the minute, they've yeah with Oladipo to come back, I think if they are in that kind of upper to middle tier of the Eastern Conference, they're well poised. Mm. When Oladipo comes back, I guess he's an unknown quantity as to how he'll perform, but having that, I guess, a primary scorer does help them. Yeah, and I, I think. I think I touched on him the other week. I'm not quite sure. Like, the weeks are passing. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. But I think I touched on Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the way he's fit into this Pacers team coming from the Bucks and the off-season has been pretty remarkable. Yeah. The numbers he's putting up and the contribution that he's giving to this team have been second to none. Mm-hmm. And he... Like, he's, he's not a... He is, a, I guess, for this team, a primary ball handler at the minute. But his affected, effectiveness with and without the ball is crucial. Mm. And hence why the Pacers, I guess, are one of the, like one of the teams that give the least turnovers, yep. which is yeah. pretty pretty crucial to their success at the minute. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, with Malcolm Brogdon, I guess, we, we saw in his rookie season... Um, how promising of a player he was going to be he ended up taking out the Rookie of the Year. And, you know, he ever since he's come over to the Pacers from the Bucks, he's sort of gone to another level to an extent. I guess he's matured as a player as, as well. Um, but, yeah, the, some positive signs, I guess, so far for the for the Pacers, particularly with Oladipo with out of a few hey. players of... Have stepped up as I mentioned before. I'll, I'll go into a bit more depth a bit later in the podcast about one of them in particular. But I'll um, go for it now, man. Go for it. No, but it's a, it's a. Um, <laughs> I know. It's yeah, a, no, it's, a, it's yeah. the next part. But but Moving I was just going to say um, the the paces. What I love about them so far, they're getting healthy, aren't they? Look, they've had Angeli, yeah. they've had they've had Brogdon out. They've had a couple games out with uh, Jeremy Lamb and uh, Demantis. Um, Turner's also missed a few games. So. But but despite of this, they've been rolling so far, haven't they? Yeah, I like mm. that. And I think from Euro, um, like I, I know certainly I like to debate a few of these <laughs> these things that we have, but yeah. I think like all the picks that we've given for this segment are, are good picks and certainly warranted. Yeah. I think for the Pacers, yeah, they certainly weren't anticipated to be spectacular given mm, that Oladipo yeah. is still out but yeah they've been performing at a 
well above expect a uh, respectable level. So mm. it's 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 still early to tell where these certainly teams will be in the future, especially this season. But so far, all of it, like you said, all of the teams we've picked are by far impressive teams, Batting and they've well surprised above their us. Averages exactly, hey? yeah. Terrific, yeah. Well, I guess we'll we'll recap that. So just in reiteration, so I picked Miami for this segment. For the team, I picked uh, Boston, and as you just said, I picked the Indiana Pacers. Three East teams. Well, hmm. there you go. Hmm. Um, we'll move on to our our players section there. Yeah, so for this section, I've put Clint Capella from the Houston Rockets. Um, I guess he's, he's, in my opinion, he started the season really well. Um, I guess his probably stats or box score wouldn't probably suggest that. Um, at the minute, he's going at 14.6 points a game, 14.7 rebounds, and the single assist a game. Uh, also going 63.7% from the field and two blocks a game. So, yeah, they are very impressive stats, I guess, before I move on to how well he's doing. The only only blemish on this has been his free throw percentage. Um, it, it has dipped this season to 44.2%. So, yeah, it leaves a little bit to be desired, but I guess in the overall scheme of things... Um, he still had a really productive season. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I did just mention like his points fourteen point seven oh fourteen point six <laughs> should I say points a game uh-huh. that is down on last season, but as expected I, wasn't it? it? It was expected, and with the inclusion of like such a ball dominant player in Russell Westbrook, like his stats were always going to take a dip. Yeah. Um. But the fact he's had multiple 20-point, 20 20-rebound 20 games is, is pretty phenomenal. Like not not very often do players get these kind of box scores, and the fact that he's done it multiple times, hmm. I guess, highlights what kind of a season he's having. Um, this season, he's certainly, I guess, asserted himself as like a definite number three. <laughs> you've, you've got Harden as the number one, Westbrook has slotted in as the number two, and Capella like they together they form a pretty formidable like a three pronged attack. Mm. Which I was gonna say, I guess most teams are probably aspiring to, but I guess I think this off season most teams seem that they're going for that that big two. Hey, mm. so you've got AD and LeBron, Kawhi and PG, and yeah, the big two seems to be the thing, but. Whereas the Rockets, they've got Harden. He's a clear number one. Yeah. And I guess the inclusion of Westbrook, probably the way he's been playing, I'm not sure it would suggest this, but he's he's the number two. Mm, And Capella slots in as that number three role. So the way they're playing, it it seems it's a big three. Mm. And their depth isn't that good. So... I think come the playoffs, like the pointy end of the season, that's that big three is crucial to their success. Yeah, look, look, Clint Capella's twenty five years of age. I think it's that age where most players find their place and their role in the NBA, and I think that's that's the case with Capella. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. Like going forward, I reckon the Rockets will be relying on all three of those guys to, you know, 
bring them forward to a you know contending position. Push, eh? Yeah, I would have thought so. It's not just going to come down to Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Um, Clint Capella so far this season has been you know instrumental. Yeah. Um, and hence why I picked him. Like he is that third cog, but he is so important to their success. Yeah. Mm. And. Like, for me, I, I enjoy watching the Rockets, and I certainly hope that he can continue this production because yeah. if he can come the playoffs, I think they can make a pretty legitimate push towards the finals, but, yeah. I, I personally think it comes down to his confidence and his conditioning as yeah. well as... It seems as when he gets that defensive rebound, he's all over the other side of the floor. Like, um... It's, it <laughs> no, keep, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's followed by a dash to the other end of the court with a quick transition play. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes and no. I Are you talking about his transition defense, or just I, just as soon as he gets that defensive rebound, they're straight to the other end of the court, planning on what I, they're going to do next. Yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure if I agree with that. I think he's a little more methodical. Like he picks up the rebound. And it's a little more deliberate. Like he'll he'll probably pass it off to Westbrook or or Harden. Mm. Um, but the, but, and, but it's a little bit slow. Whereas if Westbrook picks up the rebound, he, like he's intent on pushing the pace as he did in Oklahoma. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, like their pace has certainly quickened since he's since Westbrook's joined the lineup. Mm. And I guess that's had a knock-on effect to Harden, to Capella, and to the rest of the team. Mm. Um, but you can't you can't doubt his high energy, can you? Yeah, which is exciting, makes for good basketball, and yeah, for Capella, that's I guess why I've picked him. Yeah, good pick, good pick. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> good um, pick, Nick. Thanks, mate. We'll move on to you, Lee. Who did you have? Yeah. So for this one, I've got uh, yep. Yeah, so I've got Andrew Wiggins. Um, I'm sure all of you know he's he's taken a bit of criticism uh, these these past couple of years, and it's it's been a bit frustrating to watch him because he has that natural talent, but it doesn't it hasn't been translating onto the on court as of late. Um, last year he was one of the least efficient players in the NBA, and I'm sure the Wolves wanted to change this. Yeah, I think. He certainly had his struggles. Yeah. Um, he certainly showed his potential as well when he's on form, making buckets and... This like, year, are you saying? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm. I think, like, Carl Anthony Towns is a clear number one. Like, yeah. He's, he's one of the most dominant players in the NBA. So, mm. so Wiggins naturally slots into that number two position. Um but yeah, he certainly showed his potential this year. He's mm. he had a pretty rough and I guess for lack of better words, horrid yeah. two thousand and eighteen slash nineteen. But mm. some of the games that have occurred this year he's showed that he does have that quality to to contribute and be a key player on a team. Mm. Yeah. I do agree with this pick. Um he sort of had a similar output in the twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen season and he sort of showed you know, I guess his potential, what he could achieve in terms of, um, you know, he was the number one draft pick and we thought that 2016-2017 season was when he was going to, you know, show up and show out, I guess. 
Um, and then the last few seasons, to an extent, he, I guess he plateaued a bit. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't develop as a player. He sort of no. just was cruising along. But this year, he's sort of gone go, gone to that next level. Um, and I, I, I think that's a good point. The word you mentioned there that stood out to me was plateaued. Yeah. And that's kind of, I guess, symbolic with the Wolves. Um, whereas they've kind of plateaued in that uh, lower playoff contention to yeah. to slash early like eighth seventh mm, yeah. seed um, Wiggins has kind of translated with that. Mm. Um, I think if he can kind of assert himself, like behind Anthony Towns is a solid number two and a key contributor to this team, they can be. I wouldn't say dominant. Yeah, they're certainly not going to contend. With the upper echelon of the West, like the mm. Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, Jazz, teams like that. But they can certainly compete for that, I guess, sixth seed. Um, but yeah, again, that is pretty reliant on Wiggins. He, mm. He's definitely behind Towns, isn't he? And no, he is. He, prior to this season, he was, he was putting up shots from about 16 feet away up to the arc, which is a bit over mid-range jumper. But they were just, I don't know, they were just garbage, weren't they? I don't the like shots. it. I don't like mm. it unless, like, I guess it's a different case for the Spurs. Yeah. Who I, I think it was last week I touched on, like, the Spurs, that's kind of their MO. Yeah. Um, mm. That they shoot from mid-range. Yeah. But for a team like this, like, you want to minimise the mid-range jumpers that you take. Like, yeah. you either want to be, I guess, at the rim or taking those three-pointers. Well, well, he's done that. He's put this to a halt, this this kind of mid-range jumper. He's he started attacking the room, and he's putting up threes that are actually hitting this season. He's averaging about 25 points, five rebounds, three assists per game. Yeah. He's uh, putting up about 20 shots, which is pretty good for Wiggins at, at 47%, which is not bad, I'd oh, say. To be honest, it's, it's pretty good, and I think... Like, he's a confidence player. Yeah. Um, like, illustrated by this year, he started the season pretty pretty slowly and pretty poorly. Um, but as that progressed, he had a couple of good games, and that's that had a bit of a knock-on effect. Mm. Um, I think for him, yeah, like, I guess the word is confidence. Yeah. Hopefully he can continue that and be that, like that solid number two guy. Yeah. Well, you, he, he's... Like, you know Cat's going to be the number one. Yeah. So Wiggins, like he needs to be a facilitator in the assist column. Yeah. But he also needs to be putting up that, uh, in my eyes, probably 15 to 20 points a game. He's putting up about that shot and he's dropping him. And I think this is this is the main reason I picked him. He's He's been improving. He's surprised me this season. Yeah. No, mm. I I couldn't agree more, and yeah. I think it's a a great pick from you, Lee, because he has elevated his game. So mm. yeah, I guess well well done to you, Lee. <laughs> Thank pick, you, man. Thank you. Um, we'll move on to you, right? Move on to Rohe. Have you got? Yeah, rightio. So I've got Devontae Graham, and I know a fair few people out there might be thinking, "Who the hell is Devontae Graham?" <laughs> yes. He, um, so he's averaging eighteen points this year. Um, and also 7.5 assists. Um, he sort of become the almost the key guy for the for the Charlotte Hornets in terms of um, you know scoring and facilitating. 
Um, it's only his second year. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's sort of come out of nowhere to an extent. Yeah, I certainly... Mm. Like, for me, I certainly hadn't heard that much of him until this year. Like, especially mm. the last few games, he's he's certainly established himself, as you were saying, Ro. Mm. Yeah, he definitely has, Nick. He's sort of established himself as, like, I guess the key guy for the Hornets at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Since last year, he's added 14 points, 5 assists, and 2 rebounds. That's huge, isn't it? It's like, huge. Uh, mm. as, an, as a jump, and especially for, like, a team that's... Like it, as I had in my predictions, I had the Hornets as fifteen mm. out of, out of fifteen. So, mm. I think his contribution has certainly been more than valuable as to yeah. why they're, I guess, performing above expectations. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's he's sort of come out of nowhere to an extent though, because he was picked thirty four in the draft. So when he had sort of like a quiet rookie season, no one really expected him to have a breakout you know sophomore year i guess yeah. you could say but he's come out of nowhere and um even though the hornets haven't particularly you know dominated by any stretch of the imagination he's he's been a standout for them but they've i guess their record like in my eyes as i said like in my predictions i had them 15th out of 15 so mm-hmm. like they've certainly surpassed my expectations yeah um and i think yeah, a key part of this has been like the rookies, like PJ Washington, and yeah, yeah in particular Devontae Dra- Graham. Mm. I know you don't like him, Nick uh, Rosier, but I feel like they've definitely uh, meshed together. When oh, as, as, oh, yeah. I, I just want to give some examples. Graham has a deadly three, doesn't he? And that allows uh, Rosier to drive to the basket as the defense doesn't want to leave uh, Graham on his lo- uh, as his own as on his three. On the three, <laughs> on his three, yeah, no, on the arc, on the arc, he on d- the arc, yeah, yeah, but and vice versa. Um, when the when the defenders are sucked in a rosy arc, Graham stands ready at the arc, ready to pop a three. Yeah, but I don't know. I think for me, Rosier, he's been pretty poor for a guy who's. I think his contract. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was three years at was it fifty? Seven million or fifty-four million. I'd have to fact check, but it was somewhere. I was around, around that yeah. mark. I think for me, he's been pretty disappointing. The last couple of games, yeah, that that I guess points assists, rebounds has has taken a bit of a spike, but yeah. I I don't think he's worth that. And I think I guess for the Hornets, who are they're not a contending team. As a rebuilding team, I think they're a lot better putting their effort yeah. and time into players like this. The PJ Washingtons, Devontae Grahams. Um, so the rookies. Yeah, yeah, I think they're a lot better investing that time into these players. Yeah. Like for Rosier, I think for them, I guess... Was He's it, obviously uh, not the focal point, is no, he? No, like it was pretty much Kemba Walker for Terry Rosier. Yeah. And if you look at that, it's a horrible trade, and especially given how he started the season. Um, yeah, time will tell, I guess, as I keep referring to. Time will tell how that plays out, if he can increase that output. Yeah. Um, but at the minute, I think they're much better. You know, they're not a playoff contending team, so they're much better settling for this, I guess, promoting the youth. Yeah. And I think... From what they've shown, they are pretty, pretty potent. Like I, I'm a huge 
huge fan of PJ Washington. Yeah. I think he's incredibly exciting to watch, and his ability from three point land is is second to none for a yeah. rookie. So, yeah, hopefully that can can, can that can, <laughs> well, what that can continue. That can continue and. Yeah, like their their expectation isn't playoffs this year, I wouldn't imagine. So hopefully they can build and yeah, start to put something together in the coming years. As for as for Deontay uh, Graham, he needs to prove that this season isn't just a flash in the pan, doesn't he? Mm, he needs to yeah. prove that he can maintain this performance. I feel at least, and I think I think he will. Yeah, if, yeah. I, I, at the way he's going, I think he will. Well, I think this again, like. As as much as I love debating yeah. these these podcasts, like that's why I got you guys on, contrasting opinions and things like that. Mm. Um, I can't really argue with you on this pick lay because I do I do Ro. think Graham. Oh, <laughs> this is Rose pick. Nick. This is Rose pick. Um, I think this is a good pick from you, Rose. And yeah, look yeah, if that I, if that, if they can maintain this level of play, I think they'll be looking powerful. Maybe in. In twenty twenty one, maybe, yeah. maybe a couple seasons to go away. I think they'll be looking all right, pretty good actually. Maybe yeah. in the top eight of their conference. Fingers crossed for me. I certainly hope that the uh, East certainly strengthens and Charlotte yeah. are one of those teams. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, nevertheless, a good, a great pick from you, Rose. Yeah, so well done there, fellas. I think three. Very good teams. And we'll move on to our, our last segment, moving on up. So, I, yeah, I guess I'll continue on with our theme. I'll start first. Uh, my player for this segment, Luke Kennard from Detroit. Uh, yeah, for me, like, he's, he's been incredibly impressive so far in a pretty, I guess, disappointing Detroit team, putting up 16.5 points. 3.7 rebounds and 4.5 assists. I guess, yeah, for a guy who was pick 12 in the 2017 draft, he's probably established himself as a, I guess, a pretty clear number three. Mm. You'd probably say Andrew Drummond and Blake Griffin are mm. the number two, like the one and two. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's certainly increased his stats in all major categories so far. Um, so I guess why I picked him, like for me personally, I think he's ready to make that leap from from starter, which he is mm. at the moment, to I guess valuable contributor. Mm. Like for the for Detroit to be, I guess, somewhat competitive, he needs to be he needs to be a pretty focal point of this team. Yeah. And I guess his ability from three is something that'll That'll help Detroit, mm. given their... Actually, to be honest, their three-point shooting has been pretty good so far from their role players. But from their starting five, Luke Kennard is the key contributor from here, mm. given Blake Griffin's age and his, like I guess, diminishing abilities. Andre Drummond, he's, I guess, based around the basket. It's pretty reliant on Kennard mm. from three, so... I, th- I think he, like, at, at the minute, he's shooting 38.1% from three. Mm. And, that, like, that's a pretty impressive tick from three. Uh, if he can, can 
I can continue this this percentage mm. and hopefully push it to 39, 40%. Like that's nothing but beneficial for the Pistons. Mm. He's deceivingly good, isn't he? He 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 looks like to me he looks like a mid-level accountant. He looks like a <laughs> b- boring old boring guy. <laughs> Who, who's not much of a bowler, but man, can he actually bowl? Like he, he's a dagger from from the three point line. Yeah, and I don't think anyone really saw him moving on up in the, you know, to be a main contributor for the for the Pistons this year. And like they certainly need that. They're they're pretty at the minute. They're pretty poor. Um, like Blake Griffin's missed quite a few games to begin the season, but. Like even if he is in the lineup, his age is certainly a bit of a factor. Yeah. Um. I think, like as well as Canard's been playing, if he can push his averages to twenty points and hopefully five assists, mm. um, like he's certainly taken that step. Mm. And as I said, it's more of a jump from starter, which is at the moment, to valuable contributor. Mm, definitely. The Pistons really needed Canard to step up this season, didn't they? Yeah. And I, I, I really like this pick from you because he is coming, becoming more consistent, isn't he? He's putting up more shots and he's dropping more shots. And whether that will translate into next season or this season that's already going, who knows, but... Yeah, and... I think a lot of the talk for the Pistons before the start of the season was that Drummond, Griffin and Derrick Rose would be, I guess... The three. Like, yeah, it would be the big three for this for this mm. team. But I think, like, Griffin... Uh, ugh, sorry. <laughs> Luke Kennard. No, Derrick Rose is coming yep. off the bench. Like, whereas playing. Luke Kennard, like, he's playing valuable minutes and... Like he, he he does need to continue his his contributions at the minute. Mm. Um, like as I touched on Griffin, he's getting older, and his like his injuries, his athleticism is starting to come into play. Um, and it seems for me like Canard is starting to fill that role. Mm. And like Andre Drummond, he does need that support. There's only so much he can do. And yeah. Like, for me, moving on up, mm. I think that is Canard. So, yeah, I guess rounding up, um, I had Canard from a starter to a valuable con- contributor, yeah. which I hope he is. Mm. Looks like it. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> we'll move on to you, Lee. Who do you have there? Yeah, so for my moving on up, I had uh, Jamarant. We all know him, don't we? We do. He certainly established himself. Like, he, he came in as a rookie... The number yeah. two pick behind Zion. But... Yeah. Look, he's 20 years old. He's the number two pick in the NBA uh, 2019 draft, and he's the starting point guard for Memphis. He's been incredible. He's, I guess he's, like, him personally has pretty much made Memphis a must-watch team. Mm, yeah. Mm. Do we reckon he's probably, at this point, exceeding expectations that he had, even as a number two pick in the draft? Has he even ex- exceeded expectations that people had on him prior to the season definitely i think so and i think that's why lee you've picked him because he's coming as a rookie and like i guess what what have you seen him as so he's made that like moving on up i guess 
we're making that this segment like the players making yeah. a jump. Yeah. Mm. So you've seen him as a rookie. He's he's already started so good, hasn't he? So you can't really say he's moved up. But from college, most. Oh, well, but I guess I'm I'm gonna back you. You go. Here. You I'm go. Gonna, I'm yeah. gonna follow in. Like he's made that jump from rookie to I guess primary ball handler, exactly. Primary yeah. contributor to the team. Yeah. Um, like he he has made Memphis which has been a pretty lacklustre team for the last couple of years. Uh, like, they're, they're still languishing yeah. in the bottom of the Western Conference, but they are exciting to watch. Look, yeah. um... And, like, I guess Ja Morant and that combination with him and Jaron Jackson Jr., they they are a team of the future. Yeah. And they're still, like, at the minute, like, this season, they are displaying that potential. It, it's insane for him to see him performing this well because for most rookies usually usually coming out of college it's a bit overwhelming the transition doesn't it seem to be but he's slotted in pretty seamlessly doesn't seem to be the case for jar morant does it he's he he leads all rookies in scoring 19.1 points and also assists 6.6 assists per game it's huge it's huge he's he's obviously uh proven himself as he can close out games pretty well despite their losses this year, Memphis, I guess. But he's sixth overall in uh, fourth quarter shooting. He's shooting 8.5 in the fourth at 52%. He's huge in the clutch, isn't he? He is. He loves the ball being in his hands, and he he thrives on these big moments. And, um, look, I think this is a great aspect to see in a rookie, especially for Jar Morant. Hmm. Okay. I'll, uh, honestly, just quickly before I ask this question to you both, I think... From you, Lee, that is a great pick. Yeah, I think he is certainly ready to make that step from from rookie to, I guess, lead ball handler, lead scorer, that kind of key man for a team. Yeah, which you don't see very often in a rookie. But I guess my question to you guys is, like, do you think do you think this will continue? Do you think like this is, I guess, a purple patch, or do you think? His talent will, like this, will continue. Mm. Mm. Like Luka Doncic, he's in his second year mm. and he's he's flourishing at the minute. Yeah. Do you think it can be the same with Morant? I guess quite regularly you see with rookies that they burn out at probably the latter point of the season. They're yeah. not used to these long, you know, eighty-two game, sometimes more seasons. Against grown men. Yeah, against yeah. against seasoned veterans. Um, so. Look, if he did burn out at some point, I wouldn't put it against him. Yeah. It's probably to be expected for a, for a young bloke like Jar Morant. Mm. In saying that, he's he's certainly showed no signs of of Burning showing out. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, like I think at some point he may slow down, but yeah, who knows? Who knows at this point? Rookie of the year certainly looks. If, like he, he's a clear. If, if votes were tallied right now, I think he'd win it. Oh, he'd be a clear favourite, wouldn't he? Yeah. And the fact, like many pegged Zion as, I guess, rookie of the year before he'd even played a game. Yeah. But the fact that he's already missed so many games, like he's due to come back in pretty soon. Do you think he can peg back? I Zion. Guess, yeah, Zion. If he can peg back the lead that Morant's already established. Look, it's hard to say if, if, especially for Jar Moran, if he can keep up this performance, if not 
keep going and like yeah. better his performance. I think he's a very, very strong contender for Rookie of the Year. I agree. Mm. I agree. Mm. Right? I'd have to agree. Um, just, just because Zion's missed, you know, months and months of the season, whereas Jamarant's, you know, dominated really yeah. for his team. Yes. Um, to begin yeah. the season, so you know, it's if if and when Zion does come back, he's gonna be he's gonna be a fair fair way, but. Behind the eight ball, um, absolutely. In terms of rookie of the year, yeah, and a, a great pick from you, Lee. As I said, I think yeah, he is certainly like poised to make that jump. A, a quick as, as he came in, rookie, yeah, a rookie, but he is he. Like, I guess he is the number one in this team. Yeah, everything at this point, at least. Him, yeah, and everything good. Yeah, like, a, a question I wanted to ask you too, real quick, and yeah, even it. even the audience out there who can comment on our Instagram or Facebook, who would you compare Jar Morant to at this stage in his career? Like, it's his rookie season, but who would you compare him to? Um, this is a, this is a tough one. You've kind of put us on the spot here, which I, I which I like. I um, feel like Jar Morant. When we look back on this in maybe five or six years, people will be saying, "Who would you compare?" This player too, and yeah. people will be saying Jar Morant. He's he's a he's, yeah. he's his own player to yeah. be honest with you, and that's not dodging the question. But he's so good that he's absolutely you know just making in his own it, league. Yeah, isn't he? making his own name in the league. He is, and I think to be honest, I I think that's the perfect answer from you, Ro, because he is a bit of an enigma. Yeah. Um, in terms of athleticism, I think. You and I spoke about it earlier we did, in the week, we did. Lee. Uh, Russell Westbrook. I said Westbrook, didn't I? You did say Westbrook, and I think in terms of that, I guess nuclear athleticism, it does compare with Westbrook. Um, I guess the differentiating factor is how slim yeah. John Morant is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his ability, to, I guess, to weave between defenders, and that athleticism with his slim build is, it's quite unique. Mm. Um, the way he's, I guess, established himself as not only a primary ball handler, scorer, yeah. playmaker, it, it is quite new given like his body type. So yeah. I think he is kind of carving his own way in the league, which is yeah. quite exciting. Mm. Look, look, when I was comparing to to Westbrook, I was I was regarding his fearlessness and his aggressiveness, yeah. as well as his uh, leads to transition and his drive to the rim. I've got I don't know if you mind this, but I've got a video to show you right now, and we'll put it on up on the uh, Instagram and Facebook if that's all right. But yeah, let's do it. Can I just show you this real quick? So yeah, there you have it. There's that clip. Make sure to check it out on our social medias at Facebook at the Daily Dribble. And Instagram at the Daily Dribble Twenty Three. Make sure to check out that clip, which yeah, it's pretty impressive for a rookie. So mm. that's that's really my comparison I have from Jamarant to Westbrook. Absolutely, and a, a great pick from you, Lee. Mm. Thank you. Um, we'll move on to you, Ro, to sum us up. Who do you have there? Yeah, so I, when I was touching on the Indiana Pacers earlier in the podcast, in terms of the team that surprised me, there was also a player which has sort of I don't know contributed. Pretty largely to their, to to them surprising me, I guess, and that's Demontes Sabonis. Um, geez, he has taken another step in the absence of Victor Oladipo. He's been, I would say, the main guy who has stepped up 
um, for the Pacers. So far this season, he's averaging near on 19 points per game and just a tick over 13 rebounds per game, which is, you know, you look at it and you Could go, they're, impressive. they're elite numbers, aren't they? Yeah. Um, he's in his fourth season now. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's sort of just realised that, okay, if anyone's going to have to stand up whilst Victor Oladipo's out, then it's probably going to have to be me. And... Um, you know, this so far this season, he's had 12 double-doubles out of 15 mm. games. That's huge. Which is enormous, isn't it? And he doesn't get the media attention for it, I no. feel, at least. No, he doesn't at all. And I guess, like, we'll keep this pretty quick, mm. pretty given how long our episode's going already. Mm. It goes yeah. pretty quickly, but I think this pick row, like, the question I had, I think I touched on maybe before earlier in the episode with the mm. Pacers. Yeah. Did you like the way Sabonis has been performing? Do you think he would, like, do you think he would have been this good with or without Turner? Like it was. Oh, with Victor Oladipo. Um, no, with with Miles Turner. Oh, Miles Turner. Um, yeah, it was okay. kind of a little bit of speculation about how they'd perform mm. with two bigs, mm. um, whether they'd play Turner or Sabonis at center. Mm. Um, they've gone with Turner, and Sabonis. I'm still glad they started him. Hmm. Um, I guess the question is, do you think Sabonis would be doing better or worse without Turner in the lineup with him as the main, like the main big? Yeah, it could go one of two ways, couldn't it? Um, without Turner, he could, you know, be putting up more points, more rebounds because obviously Turner's, you know, uh, a big one for the Pacers in terms of those. Better um, under under the basket, isn't yeah. it? Where Sabonis has that ability from three. Mm. In saying that, Turner takes a bit of bit of pressure off Sabonis yeah. as a big man. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think having Turner in the team probably assists him more. I would have thought um, just having that other that other guy to take the pressure off him throughout Certainly. the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, he's. I, I'm glad you said that because. If you if you had said different, I was probably gonna, I guess, fire back a little bit. Mm. Um, I think, given that Turner, he d- he can shoot from three, but I think he's more a potent force under the basket. Yeah. Um, it enables Sabonis, to, I guess, to linger a little bit outside the arc, and yeah, it, it's handy for the Pacers to be able to have that that double pronged attack, whereas. Mm. Turner can sit under the basket and Sabonis can sit more outside. It's, I think they're building good chemistry together. Whereas I thought going into the season that this may, this may struggle a little bit mm. given, I guess their kind of skills probably contrast each other a little bit yeah. or match each other yeah. a little bit. I can see that. Yeah, but. It's good signs at the minute, and I think Sabonis has been a key part as to why the Pacers are doing so well. Mm, so, yeah, mm, definitely. Yeah, I think from you, a pretty excellent pick. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I guess to re recap that segment from moving on up, I had Luke Kennard from Detroit. I had uh, Ja Morant from Memphis Grizzlies. And I had DeMontis Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers. Brilliant. Huge stuff. Three three big players, three players that are doing big things for their teams. Mm, mm. 
Excellent. Well, fellas, it's hard to believe, but we're what are we at? we're a tick over an hour and a half already. Hour thirty. Jeez. It's it's flying past. Yeah, I I think I said the same thing last week. I seem yeah. to be repeating myself a bit, mm. but it's hard to believe that like we're an hour and a half in. Like mm. I don't know about you guys, but has it gone as quickly? Look, it might be the, has for me? it might be the drinks. That takes account into that, but it has gone very fast. We're going to turn you into a raging alcoholic, aren't we? <laughs> at this at this rate, probably yes. No, nah, look. In all honesty, time flies when you're having fun, and and we're definitely having fun talking about talking about the last week of basketball. We are, and I, I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as we have. As Rose said, like we've we're we're just loving what we're doing at the minute, and. I, I honestly think like we could talk for three hours without mm. any issues, but mm. I guess we'll we'll probably wrap it up there. And so we appreciate you guys listening. If you want to show your support for the show, please give us a rate and review on Apple iTunes at the Daily Dribble. Five stars, it really helps. And we, yeah, I think from all three of us, we really appreciate it. So yeah, go yeah, do that, guys. Even <laughs> some uh, reviews would help. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there and thank you for listening. Another huge week in basketball and we look forward to bringing you another hot episode next week. Rightio, guys. See you next week. We'll see you next week. All right. Cheers, guys. From the Daily Dribble team, we'll see you next week. Catch you later. Love you. Bye.